How was it Googling for an hour? Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, your weekly look at all things CinemaSins, TV Sins, and commercial sins. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by CinemaSins staff member, Daniel. Hi, everyone. Daniel, this is a kind of an interesting situation because you're you're one of the newer members of the team, and yes. uh, you you aren't a regular on the podcasts, and uh, you're not very active on social media. So, like, I feel like I kind of know the rest of the team, but I don't I don't really know you that well. What's what are what are some things that you want me to know about you? Well, there's the reason I'm not on social media is I don't want anyone to know anything about me. <laughs> <laughs> that's totally no. fair. No, I, I guess that's a good question. I, I working with CinemaSins. I, I started uh, writing with them full time in just the past February. I had uh, contrib- been contributing scripts for almost a year uh, prior to that, so quite a few things up. And uh, yeah, the the yeah, the opportunity just came that they I guess liked what I was uh, putting out, so so they asked me to come in full time and. Uh, been just a wild ride since then. Prior to doing this, I was a uh, data management. I was doing data management for a pharmaceutical company. So fun is hard right turn in terms of like in terms of work. But yeah. uh, you know, it's going from like a very dry environment where you're better off not being creative because you know, it's <laughs> sure, <laughs> so yeah, things need to be precise and objective, and to moving into. Um, this sort of like creative realm where like so much of it is subjective, like everything in the film and like TV, it's like an art form. So it's like in like you're critiquing it, but like even then, like there's, there's so much room for so many, so many varying opinions. And so that's a very, very different environment. And And like you alluded to like data management is kind of like you have this one task and and it's the same process for the most part every time. It's importing yes. data and exporting data and organizing data and stuff like that versus, I mean, comedy is essentially what you do now. And so comedy is a very like, there's no one way to do comedy. There's a million different ways to do comedy. And so, yeah, it really sounds like polar opposites and quite the whiplash. I've, I've been telling people like as I've been transitioning, like out of out of my last job, I was a campus minister for the last five years and now I'm a bartender. And so that's like way different ends of the spectrum but ultimately still a lot of the same jobs you know relationship building and in general bringing positive vibes and stuff like that but uh, that is true you get like the you you learn the crossover right like yeah 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 you learn how to make the job fit your comfort level and fit your your skills and all that and and i'm sure that there are times that as a cinema sins writer that the data management like is like a really useful tool uh, to the team, like, cause, cause you can see certain things that nobody else can, or you're aware of programs or, um, or processes that are just like, well, this really doesn't make sense. You know, I'm, I, I guess I'm just thinking like, it would be really nice to have you on a movie like the big short or, or, or the informant or something like that. Right. Oh, I would probably, I haven't seen the informant, but I am aware of it, but uh, yeah, the, the big short, like that would be I, like, I watched that on my own, but I had to go back and like do some research to to try and understand some things there yeah so like even that might be uh, a bit above over my head and like in terms of like macroeconomics but um there sure. there is definitely like a, a sort of analytical aspect to like what we do where like you're kind of combing through something 
and deciding whether it makes sense. And that that's kind of that can be similar to like data management and like you need to make sure everything lines up. And it's like and that's sort of like similar to like a plot where like when the plot doesn't line up, then you, you're like, why doesn't it? And you tra- you trail it backwards and we write a sin about it. But in the same thing, we like, why doesn't the, why don't these numbers add up? And then sure. so there's a there's a bit of a story to that as well, which you which you sort of find out and as you explore it deeper. So like the like that, that is makes interesting sense. um little connection that I've that I've made. Yeah, or like even just being able I, I I always find it fascinating. When I watch movies, I'm just the kind of person that I just want a movie to take me along the journey that it wants to take me on. I'm not really trying to like overanalyze anything. Like, especially with murder mysteries, I'm usually not try like I'm guessing but I'm not like seriously guessing. I'm just like, all right, whoever's the killer is fine with me. <laughs> whatever the movie, whatever the movie decides. And especially recently, like it's never just like, oh, here's this person and they killed it because they're jealous. It's always like, oh, there's this team of people and they're doing it because of some super meta reason or whatever. You know, it's always like something way deeper than anybody you probably should have guessed in the first place. But, but I, I always just try to let movies take me along for the ride. And so like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, no, in hindsight, this movie doesn't make sense. And, especially, you know, seeing people like try to follow the narrative. But then there's other situations like I just literally just finished watching Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, and that movie just makes no sense at all. So uh, <laughs> don't need a degree to figure that one out. Fair enough. I have not seen that one just because I'm not I'm not a horror movie person. I Me neither, but like it's a classic. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to get through some of the like staples, you know. Nice, nice. I love Terrible Nightmares. <laughs> that's the <laughs> i am definitely that way i mean I, the, not so much with like these slasher films uh, but like when i watched the haunting of hill house a couple years ago that gave me nightmares for like weeks um mm. that was insane but look, you ready yeah. to talk about some of the content for this week yeah sure sure all right well let's dive into this inside scoop what's he building in there We'll kick it off with Monday's TV Sins video, Rick and Morty 3 by 9 the ABCs of Beth. This is uh, you and Danae. Yes. What's it like writing with Danae? Because it, it just feels like, in the best possible way, like working with a toddler. <laughs> I wouldn't describe it that way at all. Like, just like, I'm just like sporadic and like passionate and like, you know, very, very focused. Like, that's, that's what I mean. Like. You know, like Danae just kind of has that, like when she's on something, like she is on it. And when she, uh, you know, she's very like single-mindedly focused, like laser beam focused, but also like sometimes irrationally <laughs> angry about about something that she's focused on. She's definitely very, very engaging, very passionate when she's like writing. And I mean, just in general, but like with the, with the, with the writing, like she really digs into it and I hope she's having fun. It seems like she's having a lot of fun with yeah, her writing, yeah. but it's also very, very emotive. <laughs> like sure. Very, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So none of the sins that are like dry, I would say she doesn't write like dry sins. They're very, they're very excited, very pointing or very, yeah. Like very, there's like an energy to it. Yeah. Like that, passionate and like yes, en- yes. energetic and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun. It's fun to kind of see those kids. You could, you could just tell. Like you can tell either it's it's Danae or it's somebody channeling Danae's energy for about, you know, two seconds or whatever. Okay, so what are some of the sins that you really liked from this video? There was a lot of them. It's kind of hard to choose. So uh, <laughs> this is the one that, that uh, I wrote that when I went back to it, like I I still have uh, questions about it. But um, the lead in is she's got 
She's got a hot bod like Chitara in Thundercats. And the sin is, if Thundercats exist in this cartoon universe, would they be considered cartoons or by the standard of their reality, would they be considered live action? And if the cartoon universe has its own version of cartoons, wouldn't those cartoons have to be one dimensional? And what would that even look like? These are the kind of answers I watch Rick and Morty for, and I'm not getting them. I enjoyed that one. Uh, well, it's <laughs> and- it's that weird because it's, it's almost kind of like Lightyear, right? Like, because Lightyear came out earlier this year and there's the whole question mm-hmm. of like, since this takes place as a movie in the Toy Story universe, it would it be live action to them, or was this an animated film for Andy, who is like it, it's it's the same concept, right? If Thundercats exists in this animated universe, does that make it live action to them, or does that mean it has to be like a lower scale, like a one dimension? And and Rick and Morty should be the people to answer that question, right? That is true. Of all the, <laughs> if there was any show out there that we would think would answer that question, it would be Rick and Morty. Yes. Well, and then it made me start thinking like they've done the interdimensional cable before. Mm-hmm. So what are all that? Is that live action? Is that animated? Is that it, it, it's, it's kind of this whole, like how has Rick and Morty never addressed this? You feel like they should have by now. And <laughs> they haven't. So hopefully they're, they're really... listening and they're going to, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. they want an answer. <laughs> And it's going to be something wild and <laughs> completely out of control. Right. It's going to be something so crazy that they're going to be like, let's see the Sins team try to take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I really liked the uh, the Sin the sin is the writers thinking that Jerry uh, would think that he could get away with pretending to think that he could possibly have taught anyone anything. Because this is that. So J- Jerry's a moron, right? Like Jerry's like yes. one of the stupidest characters ever. Like, But he's intentionally written that way. He's supposed to be kind of a you laugh at how stupid he is or how yes. ignorant or how oblivious he is. But like Jerry doesn't think himself as necessarily smart. I mean, sometimes he thinks himself as clever, but then that's immediately shot down. Jerry knows he's not teaching anybody anything. And, and the <laughs> sin is that why would he ever believe that he could teach anybody anything? It's He, he kind of knows what he is, right? And we, yeah. we certainly know that he wouldn't be able to teach anybody anything. Because they definitely do give his character a lot of glimpses of like, self-awareness like he he is dumb but he knows he is i feel like in some of the previous seasons he has they've kind of given him like his character that bit of arc where like his awareness of his failings becomes more readily apparent to himself like he that's like sort of where they moved it but like every now and then they'll just kind of just take him a step back he says an old school jerry thing which is is funny but but it also kind of seems a bit contradictory at times that's that's where that the, the, that sin kind of came from. So it's just it's just interesting to point some of those things out. Also interesting to point out, uh, moments after Tommy has applied his seed, this animal births a new fruity character, and unfortunately the rules of this episode place this sin in the category of meals being prepared too quickly to have been made in accordance with proper food safety measures. And that is just, that's just one of those sins that starts off great and then just gets better. Um, like when well, that said, you think that's what happened. <laughs> <Okay>. well, <it's, laughs> I was worried there for a second where he's going to say it starts off great. And then <laughs> it's, it's just like, the, you know, an easy sin is like, this is disgusting or something like that. But, but the way that this sin kind of evolves and, and, and talks, you know, references the sin manual, you know, the rules of this episode or, or place this sin in the category. And then of course, just essentially saying that this violates FDA guidelines and, <laughs> It's one of those like so gross that you kind of love it, right? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head when you said that like like the the easy place to go is is that it's gross. So like when you see that and come up in a, something like that come up and especially in this show, that is sinful. Like just just watching that that scene, right. right? But like the viewer already knows that. So 
like what can we bring to that to to send that the acknowledgement is at the end that's like everyone just knows this is just gross so then just like look at like well he's he's then going to eat this thing and then like well that happened really fast so it's like oh okay well then <laughs> it's like maybe it, it's just not properly cooked <laughs> and like that's like an, that's an absurd thing but it's like i think but i think behind it everyone knows that the reason that we have chosen us in that is just how disgusting it is yeah yeah and then i just really liked the whole uh at the end where beth is going off on jerry uh, on rick uh, about how like she's like well maybe i asked you to make these things because i wanted to spend time with you and then the narrator just pointing out that has it occurred to you that your request uh, for these items resulted in a father that actually made them, thereby encouraging your behavior? Maybe take that to your next therapy session because it's it's one of those moments where you're like you you feel bad for Beth in the moment because you're like she she just wants to spend time with Rick, which honestly probably would have made her a worse person. But there's also that like Rick is trying to be a father in his own way, and he's still doing the things. Like Rick's not a like Rick's a bad father for a lot of reasons, but he's not a bad father because he's you know, absent or because he, you know, he, he wasn't there for his daughter. Like this is clearly like evidence of, well, he, he did the things for her. He was there for her when she needed. And again, perfectly tagging it off with take that to your next therapy session. is just, that was a Denise and like, and that was specifically one I wanted to bring up because I just hadn't put all that together the way that she pulled that out. And then like, it ends is like, take that to next to your ther- therapy session. It's like, yeah, that's a thinker. Like I need to, th- yeah. I need to think about that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I only have one more from this video and it's just uh, a bunch at most. This is a clouder and you know it. Um, and then that leads me into my only behind the scenes thing this week. And that was just, I had to Google what a clouder is. So <laughs> keeping tabs for Aaron, I guess <laughs> uh, a bundle yeah, of kittens for somebody that is not had to Google it themselves. Yeah. I didn't know what that was either. That's actually a, a pretty good uh, little behind the scenes thing is that I, I guess I'd wrote like the base of that sin where, <laughs> I think all I said was a bunch at most. This is a, a small group, which it was not. It wasn't a very good sin. Uh, let's just put it that way. It just it was kind of flat. And then Danae was like, how about we change that to, to clouder? And I was like, no idea what that is. <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's, yeah, a bunch of cats. And I was like, that immediately made it like 300 percent more funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It changes the context of it. But like hearing the narrator like say that and then like i i think that a lot of people are just like what what is that and they google it and you google it and then you laugh again i think i so mean it's still really it still elicited a, a laugh from me not knowing what a clouder was but it also was like okay now i need to google that because this is probably funnier than i think it is and i was right yes good job to you absolutely uh that's all i have from the video do you have any other thing else you want to touch on no 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 not really for that one that you haven't been on the show yet so i haven't really gotten a chance to ask you what are your thoughts on Rick and Morty overall? I think I've I've enjoyed it from the beginning. I think that it's a very funny show. It's absurd, absurdist humor, which I love. It's science fiction, which I also love. And they do a good job of making you think sometimes, like both intellectually and emotionally. Mm. I think that they are so good at it sometimes that we've built like a sort of an expectation from from the show. Yeah, yeah, and like I feel like it's sort of its reputation, and then what we bring to it as fans, like kind of like take it into like a weird place where like there's like sort of like people will say it's not that it's like it's not that smart or like it thinks it's like too smart, but I I think that kind of like like misses like what like what they're doing because it is a twenty minute cartoon, right? Like cartoon animation, and it's really good. It's really good comedy. Well, let's move on to the Tuesday video. 
Spy. This is written by Jonathan and Ian. And uh, what do you think of this movie, Spy? Have you seen it? Yes. I think I'd watched it on my own, you know, one one like lazy Saturday or something. And was just like on TV. It's okay. It's a movie. <laughs> I didn't really remember a, a whole lot from it. Like comedy wise, it's pretty standard in terms of like you, you sort of know where it's going when it starts. Sure. And I think like one, even one of the sins points out that is like, she confesses that she's like kind of bored of her desk job or something. This is like, and would want to be out in the field. And it's like, all right, well, that, that's exactly what's about to happen. In that sense, it's, it's not great, but it's a, uh, it's a movie. It's got some funny bits with, I mean, I, I do enjoy Melissa McCarthy. And I think that uh, Jason State yeah. was, had, had, had a lot number of funny moments in the movie and Jude Law's just doing something there too. It is, it is what it is. I think it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. Cause like, so Paul Feig wrote and directed this and this is like, like he kind of got a, like a big name for himself. And like all of a sudden people wanted to start throwing money at him to make a bunch of stuff. And he became like, like a really big player in Hollywood comedy um, after bridesmaids, which I never really liked all that much. I know you guys send it recently and there's been recent talk about it, but I, I never really liked it all that much. And then, um, uh, you followed that up with the heat and the heat is one of the best like buddy cop comedies to happen recently. Cause that one's really great. And then I think you followed that up with the ghostbusters movie, which I'm a defender of, but like not, not like an avid one. Like I think the movie's not terrible, but it's not good. Mm. It, it's bad, but it's not horrendous. You know, it doesn't ruin the reputation of ghostbusters, you know? I haven't seen the Heat or or the the Ghostbusters one, so I can't I I can't really speak to that. But I, I have heard. I mean, obviously, there, I've heard a lot of opinions surrounding <laughs> Ghostbusters. Right. Well, and so like, so I was actually like really excited for this one to come out because it had really good Rotten Tomato scores and it had like yeah really high scores all around the board. And and I'm a big Statham fan. I mean, he's kind of a you know big dumb handsome british guy but like i grew up on the transporter movies and the expendables came out when i was in high school so it's like perfect age for me so like statham is kind of right in my wheelhouse and i really hated this movie when i saw it just because it was so so unfunny and so unoriginal and so all the jokes that that this movie that the sins video sins for this movie i was cringing at back in what 2017 i think this came out i was in college at that point like this should be a perfect college kids movie and it just wasn't so I remember really not liking this movie, never understood the hype for it. It was just interesting to see this pop up in the feed. Yeah, um, I, there wasn't any particular uh, uh, reason for this for this movie. Now, <laughs> it was just it was it was a movie that was like kind of out there. And, in, 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 you know, in our in our sites that I presume that someone that, I mean, we have a lot of internal conversation just about films all the time. Sure. So someone may have just brought it up that they that they had watched it or, or or that were reminded of it by something for something else so it's it just like it, yeah there's a number of movies that like will that like a sins video will pop up and you don't really have a, a a meaningful explanation for why we've done it other than the other than that's a movie and uh and this is what we do sort of thing <laughs> yeah well and that's exactly what i was going to ask next is why this come out and I, you know maybe it's also possible i think the bridesmaid video got a lot of traction and a lot mm-hmm. of discussion so that's certainly a reason to like go down the rabbit hole again and as as the sins video po- video points out this movie is does have an announced sequel um i don't know why also as i was looking that up 2015 this movie was i think ghostbusters was okay. after this i thought this was 17 so either way 
still, I was in college in 2015, so it still should have been perfect for me. So, uh, getting to the video itself, what what are some of the stuff that you liked from it? <laughs> that whole sin, which was uh, written by Ian, where uh, it says, "When I when I see this many people missing a single target." And, running in a straight line my brain just completely checks out of the movie and starts wondering about random shit like if i bought a 3d printer could i 3d print the parts to make another 3d printer <laughs> it just keeps going on like that. Well, the sin goes on for like the length of the scene which yeah. is so long of jude law running in a straight line and like running to the boat there's nowhere else he could have run to and they can't figure out he's running to the boat like it's so dumb yeah but yeah, I, I love when sins do that, where they just, it, it just becomes like a stream of consciousness rambling and <laughs> right. You get into the narrator's, you know, sub- subconscious, you get into what is the narrator thinking? That's great. Yeah. Which I think is really fitting because I mean, from the perspective of, of this narrator, having watched all these movies, like you can imagine that like his attention span for some things should, should just be like, why am I watching this right now? Like that, like that, that fits, that fits the character, I think really well. Well, and then it's like, it could have just stopped at, you know, if kind of make a 3d printer and then make a 3d printer from the 3d printer. And then, uh, but then it keeps on going and develops. It becomes this really complex idea that it it just gets funnier, the more, the, the deeper it goes. And so it was, uh, something along the lines of like uh but then how would that like wouldn't everybody be rich then and then the economy yeah. like total global economy collapse or whatever it's just yes becomes <laughs> really we, funny yeah and brings in uh kowokas which is i believe is like a small it's a small like animal i'm not even sure why that specific animal was chosen but so yeah it's like what would kowokas have the evolutionary wiggle room that they've needed to become the dominant species <laughs> and all because of Paul Fink's spy. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm thinking about this all because of Paul Fink's spy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's a brilliant sin. Uh, my favorite ones in this video were, were just the ones where there would be a really bad joke made. And then it would be like, this movie, this movie is like really liked by fans. This movie is getting a sequel. This movie has a seven out of 10 on IMDb. It's just like, it's, it's a clever way of saying, why do people like this crap? Yeah, I mean, that speaks back to earlier we were talking about, like, just like, so subjectivity, where it's like, maybe this movie was just uh, what people needed for like, whatever reason. And and maybe we don't understand it. That's why we that's why we sent it. But like, you know, it's there. It's out in the public consciousness. And it's yeah, it's got a was it like a seven on like, yeah, the IMDb score. So, you know, I think it's a joke. We always say, how does it work? (laughs) (laughs) Add it to the supercuts. Nice. Uh, Speaking of sins that just are great because of how complex they are. And like, it starts off as something that's really good. And then it just becomes something better. Um, The first sin I wrote down for this video was this salad tossing works, which is a hilarious sin by itself. But then it's followed up by, which is something I never thought I'd have to say twice this week, (laughs) (laughs) which is again, sort of like this salad tossing works. Excellent. Great sin. But then you have to like, Oh, he had to say this in a different context. A plus good job. That's my funny bone uh, that hit it directly on. Uh, And of course, Anytime that Tom Cruise is brought in to do some ridiculous stunt, they're just like, he just showed up. Uh, Tom yeah. Cruise showed up this day to film for the helicopter stunt. And it was weird because no one even called uh, <laughs> him or asked him to come. He just showed up. It's 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 so great that like he himself has become a meme. Like, is, is he the new Chuck Norris? I th- quite possibly. 
yeah, I hadn't thought of it that way, but it's because the, the the line between like his his characters on screen and like him personally have kind of like blurred. Like no one knows where like Ethan ends and Tom Cruise begins, or like <laughs> Ethan Tom Cruise Maverick. They might just all be the same person at this point. And like I kind of hope so. <laughs> like I want to see a mashup of like Top Gun and Mission Impossible and minority report like where it's just like all the same character and he's like uh, a time traveler or something like there would have to be some device to like weave it together but i, I think that just throw it all in the possible. mcu and then you know do the multiverse stuff that'll be fun yes uh make that make that a, just make it like its own thing you know yeah <laughs> just just to appeal appease me but it's just because like chuck norris you know he's he's that like you grow up and he's like oh that the chuck norris is the jokes about him being indestructible or like so ma- so manly of a man, but it feels like yeah, it feels like Tom Cruise is that way now. But instead of indestructible or manly man, it's more so like the most insane thing you can think of. Tom Cruise is doing. It's absolutely awesome. yes, that is that is correct. <laughs> and also, I really really loved uh, Chekhov's gun should now be renamed to Melissa's cupcake. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course that one has a follow up to it too. But that's just like a, a brilliant. <laughs> Uh, I hope that like comes back and next time they have to refer to Chekhov's gun, the narrator says Melissa's cupcake. Melissa's cupcake. You know, kind of like how TV Sins was doing the the like Mighty Ducks hot cocoa thing for a while. Like I hope that becomes oh, yeah. a recurring gag for a bit. That would make me happy. I can neither confirm nor deny we won't do that at this point. <laughs> but you put it out in the universe and you know, sometimes that's all it takes. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and all of the support for the fans will be coming to Twitter to rally with me to say, yes, we demand that Encyclopedia Britannica adds an addendum saying Melissa's cupcake is also is is also <laughs> synonym synonym, synonymous with uh, with Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you have any other sins? Any other things you wanted to highlight from this video? One of the sins that I really enjoyed was uh, it was about like Jason Statham's character says, which, which raises the question: After quitting the CIA, how did he get on the list to like get into the party? How did he get on the list? Let me guess: He disguised himself as Sir Michael Caine, grew an extra dick on his leg, and cocking his way into the party. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one of those that where like reading it is funny, and then like when you get the delivery of when you when you hear it out loud, it just it gets even. It's just even funnier. So I just I enjoyed that one. I didn't write these down because it, it was, it's kind of how I feel about the movie overall, but it's like the, the constant sins of just pointing out that Melissa McCarthy's like best detective skill is just luck. Like she kind of just mm-hmm. happens into seeing things like, cause there there's like the whole um, where she's at the coffee shop and then the bad guy just walks in. So she doesn't actually have to research to find him. And then, uh, and then they, there's the, there's the one person that, that slips something into uh, Rose Byrne's drink. And then, uh, and then they're like six people here and nobody was watching the drink. And then later they find out that somebody was supposed to be watching the drinks. And it's like, yeah, this movie is so dumb in its, in its action or in its spy thing that it, that it just, it's so distracting. It's so bad. It's not, it's not clever. It's not funny. So I don't really know what there is to like about this movie. And so it just kind of brought that, that back to me, my feelings about the movie. And it was also one of those things as noticing that this sin video was one of the like sinniest there's been in a while. Like it's one of those where like the sins are actually like problems with the movie. There's a wide variety of sins videos that can come out. And some of them are just like, mm-hmm. whatever, we're just going to have fun with this thing. And here's this random thing in the background. That's stupid. And let's send the sock on the floor in the garage of Rick and Morty and the bowl of fruit every chance we can. Or whatever. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like there's some that are those. And then yeah, there's spy it. where it's just like, like, this is like a very like, 
actually sinful movie. Like this is just an interesting like thing I noted about the about the the video. Yeah, which pro- I imagine that 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 probably factored into the reason to do it too. Is all the the actual mechanical things that don't add up or don't make sense or, or sure. just completely absurd. Yeah. So my question for the writers this week is uh, how was it Googling for an hour? <laughs> that is a, yeah, that, a, a funny question to, to then bring back to the writers. Like, we're, so we're wondering, they were wondering about this. That was a, uh, Ian had wrote that and it was more interesting than I thought. And it has way more to do with the pronunciation of of the word it might be even difficult for me to explain this but i guess uh jason statham pronounces it t-w-o-t mm. which was confusing for Ian because his vernacular i guess yeah he said i've never heard anyone pronounce it this way in england so it really annoyed me to hear statham say it that way <laughs> he so he googled like t-w-o-t and turned, like, what came up was a total waste total waste of time and he says, but when Statham says it, he means the genitalia. So he should have said it the correct way. And then he said, either way, the whole process was a total waste of time. <laughs> so, well, that's funny, too, because so, that's one of the like, I would have expected Ian to not have to research that. I mean, I guess I'm just a stereo have stereotypical views of Englishmen. But um, mm. like, I know that's one of those words that is, I hope I'm not speaking out of my ass. But I think that that's one of those words that is less offensive in the UK um, than it is in the US. So like, but as, as I was talking with Ian two weeks ago, you know, and he, like different dialects and different like phraseology that, that Englishmen have. And uh, you know, cause we were talking about the old bill from the boys since video. And um, it's just, just an interesting observation and fun to know that all of Ian's research led to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nice. Well, let's get back into Rick and Morty then. Sure, Rick and Morty sure. three by ten. This is uh, season three finale. The Richurian can uh, Morty date you and Ian on this one. Speaking of Ian, yes, we're back on the script here. Uh, by the way, congratulations! Uh, this is my favorite sins video of the week. So you top prize to you. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, as you can see, I wrote down a lot of sins because they were just yes. It, this one just hit me right in the sweet spot. Nice. Do you do you want to? Share yours, yours first. Yeah, I, I feel I'll, uh, like your perspective on this is might be more more entertaining. I'll just rattle off them because I have quite a few of them, and then I have a couple of um, keeping tabs things. Mm. This show does such a good job at sitting itself that I have to do the stupid things like send that mail slot uh, that wasn't in the establishing shot, and nobody likes when I do that. I'm paraphrasing. I know that wasn't quite the exact wording, but like, what mm. a fun like. I think that was the first sin of the video, or maybe it was the second, but... Yeah, it was early on. But it's one of those where it's just like, these videos are funner when you get to sin things that aren't just, this wasn't there in the establishing shot. And so it's just fun to point, to to be like, these guys are so good at their job, they're forcing me to do this stuff. Like, that's a really clever sin. That was a great way to to deliver that, to Yeah. It's a compliment to the makers. Like, that's awesome. Mm. Uh, I mean, what doesn't look bad through an illegal spy satellite? Tits and ice cream. Of course, I just what it's it's amazing. All laws you're telling them uh, they could go to Arizona, purchase a donkey, let it sleep in a bathtub with no consequences. Just slayed me. Uh, really incredible. I don't doubt a bar like this exists somewhere in the multiverse, but wouldn't it make more sense for the footwear on the Twerkosaurus sex? Great naming, by the way, to go all the way up to the heel. Yeah, <laughs> he says it's like it's the because it's 
it's like part of the leg and right. he's just like is that the heel and then his like secondary knee joint or something right <laughs> it's like what 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 part of the animal is this well it's just like yeah. sure the the shoe wear should go to where the shoe wear should stop like not just regular stilettos you know yeah, uh, yeah. um and then i love how like it, there's been a pattern with tv sins where like the where you constantly are just saying rick does x cliche but it's the most mm-hmm. like complex intricate things because it's not just rick does something smart cliche or whatever but it's like uh and the, the one example i wrote down specifically was rick proves he could do more to help mankind in an afternoon than anyone else could do in ted lifetime but he'd rather dick around in his garage cliche because that's when they rick comes up with the like peace in uh jerusalem or the yeah jerusalem or israel uh, it's like the middle east peace accord yeah right it's just to get, like they do the show does this so much that it it is a cliche that rick could solve peace in the middle east very quickly and then you know he does it in the afternoon in the in the show like <laughs> right. it's just so so fast and then uh and then like the very next scene is i see no laser i demand a laser hookah oh and peace in the middle east just both excellent just great sin and then add on and the last one i have written down is uh it is literally impossible for a president to get a hundred percent approval rating everyone could be rich healthy and never exposed to war and some asshole would still say they have the right to be homeless unhealthy and a high risk of velocity lead poisoning, or at risk of high velocity lead poisoning oh true that's all good yeah, ones this video just hit me right in the sweet spot uh it was just one of those i was giggling throughout and i i didn't want to write down 10 sins but I just had to because they were all just perfect, just really fun, creative, entertaining, good stuff all around. What, what did I miss? What are some of the stuff you wanted to highlight? The, those were all really good. Uh, let's see. I uh, I wrote this, uh, the sin removal where the narrator laughs and just says, we even with all the sci-fi hijinks in the episode. Somehow the show finds a way to make one of the funniest moments out of a simple frustration caused by miscommunication. And this uh, thank you to everyone involved, and especially Keith David for bringing this hilarious character to life. Because I laughed so hard at that at that moment yeah, when yeah. he's trying to park the spaceship, and he does like things with his arms. He's like, <laughs> what, what, "What does this mean? This means nothing." And then the guy's like, "Pull forward and park," <laughs> and it's it's just like everything crazy going on in the show, and then like they just they found like a way to insert this every man's frustration joke just in the in the midst in the midst of all the the nonsense and so i just just like this this deserves a sin off yeah and i think Keith david did does a hilarious job as the president in this show so i needed to give him some props he's like sneakily one of the best casting in the show i mean everybody's like really good casting in the show but he's the one that like i was glad to see that sin off because it's like he is he's just so good because he's not doing a special voice he's doing keith david but mm-hmm. the the president is written in such a way that it just like demands you know this militaristic style Keith David kind of no nonsense no BS macho silly arrogant president like great yeah so and he's so dry like he he doesn't doesn't even get he that he's the joke like the character doesn't get that he right. he's that that Rick is just making a joke of him all the time right yeah. Okay, so I have a couple questions about uh, some of the stuff in the video. So the uh, the whole sin about going to Arizona, purchasing a donkey, and letting it sleep in a bathtub with no consequences, which is my favorite sin from the video. I got to know if there were any alts, uh, any alternate like random dumb crimes that you want that the writer had lined up, uh, and then why why go with that example specifically? This may or may not surprise you, but there. <laughs> 
there was there was no other sin for that like that was that was the first that was the first and only one that we had for that moment <laughs> and uh, yeah uh, ian wrote that and he just said that that he gives him immunity and then he just just like i know there's a uh, an absurd law out there that would be included in this and just to highlight that would be hilarious and he was just he looked it up and he's like this is absolutely a law that exists in arizona and yeah, that that was pretty much it. He just sought out, had to search out something ridiculous that has been written into the law books. Nice, and that's that's what, <laughs> where where it has where it comes out. Like I remember, like trying to write something there, but like nothing really that funny or entertaining like was coming to mind. So when I was like re- reading what he had written, I was like, perfect. Yeah, and it's like sometimes that happens. Like you're just like. Uh, not frustrated but like you're like there, there's something i could have done here and i and i and i drop the ball and then like your your writing partner just nails it and you're just like all right that's that's why we do it the way we do yeah, yeah. for sure uh i just i just love to ask if there's any alts because like if i were writing the video i wouldn't just put one i'd be like look here's the one that i would go with but also here's two or three other dumb laws that would work in there so i, I think alts are a really fun like question to ask mm. who did minecraft hurt <laughs> that was absolutely Ian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a very specific injury too. Like he, he lays out the whole thing. Yeah. It goes on and, the, on and on and uh, on. He's episode, just like, why yeah. is, why is it not this? And then this happens. This. I was just like, this is written by somebody that's invested like thousands of hours or a thousand hours into Minecraft and then had some really stupid thing happen. And then they never picked up the game again. Yeah. You're like this actually like, cause it's like too de- It's like too specific. You're like, like sometimes we can maybe get away with like make creating something that sounds plausible, but when you get that specific, you're like, oh no, this happened. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's one of those you can tell it just comes out of a real piece of uh, real piece of feast. There you go, uh, Minecraft Hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing I noticed that I thought was just really interesting. So earlier, when uh, when the sin is uh, what doesn't look good through a super spy satellite, and the the sin is tits and ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, you have to censor tits. But later in the video, the narrator is allowed to say asshole. And I just, I think that's such a weird, what a, what a weird choice you have to make. Cause I think that society would deem one of those is a more safe word. It's a hard line to walk because who is really to say, but like, you feel like the word asshole is reserved for PG 13 and above movies. Uh, And I feel like it's just interesting because they're both anatomical terms, but they're both crude it, it, they can be used in crude ways, animal to- anatomical terms. They're not necessarily crude by nature. So it's just, it's interesting to me. It's interesting that you have to censor that at least you chose to, maybe it was just for cover all of our tracks. I don't know. So I guess that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Like, what's the thought there? Is there, it's, I think it's just out of precedent. I th- we try we go pretty cautious and, you know, we try to try to censor most of the, you know, overt curse words the way Jonathan described it to me when I, when I first started was that we try to censor whenever it's a front facing genitalia hmm. in like in this episode, I'm pretty sure like the reference to, to asshole that we use is like calling someone an asshole. Yes. Not referring to someone's asshole. Sure. I don't think we would censor either one of those to be honest, but I think that's just because that has never really been an issue and it's sort of like right. where the world seems to be okay with that. Like if we, started having issues we would then have to start censoring right, it. but right, i right. think it was more like we don't necessarily refer to that to the particular female body part 
with enough regularity to know how it's going to fall. So it's uh, out of caution. And yeah. I think there's a little bit of humor when like we censor things. It's like something, something about like hearing that like beep. It's sort of like, okay, so this was like a li- we, f- we felt this is a little bit wrong sort of thing. And I, th- I, I think that it does add a little bit of a funny aspect to it. So we don't really shy away from censoring things. We try not to censor too much, but we also right. try to play nice with the, with the algorithm as not yeah. to get dinged on our end. And that makes total sense. I just, I thought that was, that was an, a weird observation, but I like that description of front facing genitalia should be censored. Yeah. The other question I had, I guess this was more so just a question in terms of structure from, from the mind of a comedy writer. I, I really love the, the, Hey, phrasing outtake uh, that mm-hmm. Archer does. I'm curious why use that as an outtake at, at, as opposed to a sin. Cause I know TV sins has done phrasing as a sin before. What what makes it a better outtake than a sin? Probably nothing. If I'm being um, <laughs> being honest, was this a you or Ian that picked this? I, Ian put that okay. one up. Yeah, I think. Well, one thing there's a number of considerations, and one thing was that we had we had written enough sins for the for the show, like we had enough coverage, so it fits nicely in 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 the outtakes, like as in in that format, like with the with like the, the like the response, so. I don't recall previous videos that it's been used as a sin, but it might just be an inconsistency on our part. I feel like it might have been one of those things that that started off as a sin and then was phased out because I don't mm. I don't feel like I've seen it as a sin in a while. Yeah. And because I mean, that's just very much like an archer joke, you know? Yes. It, it's it's like it's sort of their joke. So it's like you don't want to. Sure. Using someone else's joke like repeatedly. I think that like that's a good that's a good point. True, because uh, it, it and especially with the way that H. John Benjamin voices Archer in that particular like if Archer's already doing it in the funniest possible way, why why try to replicate that? That's a good point. Yeah, True. and it, it's a, it, it sort of comes down to like the feeling of the of the moment and like w- whether whether it belongs. It there probably or... would have disrupted the flow. It's I'm just curious if there was like a. Again, for for things that I feel like I've seen as sins before, as well as outtakes. No, it's um, a good question. Because because I feel like that yeah. the same thing was happening too with whenever anybody would fall into a body of water and then Skyfall would start playing, and then eventually <laughs> it was Jeremy singing Skyfall. Like I feel yeah. like the same thing would happen. Like it started off with the outtakes and then it moved to the videos. I, ju- I just I think that stuff is really interesting because I mean it, context should absolutely matter. And I was just like, is there a particular reason? I think you're right. I think it would have interrupted the flow a little bit too much. So it works as a great outtake. That's all I have for the video. Do you have any other things? A couple behind the behind the scenes sort Ooh. of things was that uh, for the the Torkosaurus, me and Ian both wrote Torkosaurus sins <laughs> unbeknownst <laughs> to each other. <laughs> That's amazing. <My. laughs> you both called it a Torkosaurus. Yes. Yeah. Uh, mine was just Torkosaurus Rex in their natural habitat, which <laughs> was it was a okay. And uh, we ultimately went with with Ian's, which was a, a lot more uh, <laughs> they're a lot more colorful. I mean, yeah, it's like I don't I don't doubt a bar like this exists somewhere in the multiverse, but wouldn't it make more sense for the footwear of the Torquosaurus sex to go all the way up to the heel, inverted second knee, whatever it is? The current setup doesn't look twerkable. Like yeah, he, yeah. So it's <laughs> like we we both just laughed. I was just like we both <laughs> went with the Torquosaurus. <laughs> it's amazing. Also, uh, there is towards the end of the video, 
the sin where it's like lips may not sweat, but the face around those lips does sweat. Uh-huh. In fact, that turned out to be a deal breaker for the bleep the name like BM freshman year. This is completely a coincidence, but uh, I wrote that and I picked those initials at random. But it turns out that Dicer did at one point have a girlfriend with those exact initials. <laughs> When he wrote it, when he read it, he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, like, how did you know? <laughs> I've not been, I did not dig that deep in your past to find that out. But uh, yeah, we were going, me and Ian both were like, oh, well, we'll change that. But he, he thinks that the, the person reference will get a kick out of it. And we, we hope that's the case. We hope that it, it generates a laugh nice. for someone. That would be amazing. That, that story would have been so good if it ended with, again, kind of a Rick and Morty like plot. Where Dicer reads it and he's like, what? And you're like, that's right. I was sent by this person and I've <laughs> infiltrated Cinema Sins just to put this in here and remind you. Of- <laughs> this is very, very overcomplicated scheme to write one sin. <laughs> to get Aaron to be reminded of one X. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, that'll bring us to Thursday's CinemaSins video, Star Trek V. Also, Ian and Jonathan. Ian and Jonathan on both of the CinemaSins videos this week. Yes. Are you a Trekkie? I am a longtime fan. I don't know if I have Trekkie status. I, I think that people might not be that impressed with my background knowledge of Star Trek, but I will say that I've seen most of the films. I have not seen Star Trek V, actually, but I've seen all of TNG all of Deep Space Nine, all of Voyager, all of Enterprise, and I'm working my way through some of the newer newer content. So I've, I've absorbed a lot of Star Trek, but like compared to like Etienne and Jonathan, my like background knowledge of the franchise is, is not uh, is not up to their level. I have seen exclusively the J.J. Abrams trilogy, which I realize he didn't do the third one, but the Kelvin timeline, as mm-hmm. it's referred to as in terms of movies. And um, I've seen the first season of Lower Decks, and that's been it. Okay. It, it's just like the original series only has like 60 some episodes, but like TNG is like 200 episodes. And I, I feel like those are the two that get the most attention. But if you really want to get into it, then you also go Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. Uh, it's just it's such a back catalog that it is same with Doctor Who. I will never watch Doctor Who because it's it's so much to get around to so much extensive knowledge to get to. And especially with like all the different timelines and it's, it's just way too confusing for me to go down that rabbit hole way too much of a commitment for me. So, but I really nice. like the, the Calvin timeline and I'm really excited for star Trek four. I would, it happens. I feel like it keeps going back and forth on us. That's true. I'll watch whatever new movies come out, especially as long as there's no like required history. You know, I know it's not going to happen, but I would have loved that Tarantino star Trek. Yeah, that would have been something. <laughs> So I have no history with any of the original Star Trek films, especially The Final Frontier, and I am so uninterested in watching any of them at this point because that... I know Wrath of Khan is a classic, and I at one point wanted to watch it, but I wouldn't live up to the hype if I did decide to watch it one day. Mm. But this movie looks terrible. <laughs> you know, because they're, they're writing sins about, like, this is literally just nine minutes of them singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the, there was some wild stuff in that. Just to, well, I guess to to that point, I can say that Ian gave me a little quote. Obviously, he's a very big Star Trek fan. And he said that he has waited his entire life to sin Star Trek V. It is one part of Star Trek canon I just can't stand. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I, and I try. I trust his opinion on this. Yeah, he would be my go-to Star Trek aficionado. That's that's awesome. <laughs> Some of the scenes you liked from the video. I love the when you send like that weird game of pool on Nimbus Three says, and it's like <laughs> it's. Just- it's it's all like done through character, which <laughs> I would I I need to like look up what like the notes were for like how the how they developed that the the character that the narrator is doing there. He's like, hey Harv, we need a game for the aliens to play on Nimbus Three. Hmm, okay, Bill, what what about a, a literal pool table? But the balls have to roll through. It looks like watered down semen. Harv, you're a genius. <laughs> it's <was> gross. <laughs> it was an odd. It was just like an odd choice where it's like. Like, why would a game? Why would any game evolve to have this like pool of water? <laughs> well, surely that's no fun to play because you're going to be splashing the water everywhere, and like the balls aren't going to have as much momentum. Like, what an awful way to play pool! Yeah, yeah, it's completely impractical, even even for an alien race. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> another one is, and once again, the Excelsior is in fucking space dock. I'm beginning to think the ship was commissioned specifically to hide the Enterprise for these dramatic reveals. This is one of those like references to like like the Excelsior is this ship that's just like been around and like it ke- it keeps popping up and it seems to always be in space dock. So I thought that that w- that was like a funny funny one. I I think that other Trekkies Trekkies will enjoy. Another one was oh the lead in is uh, there I think they're like by the campfire and he goes it it Spock says it, it does have a flavoring I'm not familiar with. And Bones is like, that's the secret ingredient. And the, the sin is secret ingredients. Tell me what I'm putting in my mouth, damn it. <laughs> I wrote down that too, because it's such a like, nobody wants to know what the mystery is in the mystery me. Like, yeah. and it, it's one thing if you're talking about like what makes grandma's apple cider so great or grandma's cookies so great or whatever. But like, it's one thing when it's like this shared family recipe or whatever, but like, no, the, tell me what I'm putting in my mouth. What if I have an allergy or like? Like you could just say like there's like is a secret blend of spices or, or you know anything other than it's a secret ingredient. <laughs> That's right. Not what you want to hear while you're eating a food is that there's something in this that I that I don't know and that it's really special. Well, especially that too at a campfire because like what is it? Some cricket you found on the ground over there? Like what possible yeah. ingredient could there be? Like that's the worst yeah. context to have a secret ingredient. And then there's like an, another like long one that was a character. I guess I, I could just read the whole thing, but it's a super long one where it's like, so Frank, how exactly are we going to show the Great Barrier when they get to it? Well, George, remember that acid trip we took while watching the 1978 version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers? And while, while watching the opening credits, we thought we were pollinating our, our own minds with the spores and the seven babies would just pop out of our heads. Of course, I'll never forget that. Well, I'm going to visualize that but I'm painting it blue. Why blue, Frank? Fuck if I know, George. I'm on acid currently. I'm going to be good. I, I, I love when they do those characters. It's one of those opportunities where, where we get to do like just like sort of not like a vignette, but it's like a little bit of our own storytelling. Like we just like you get to make up a bit of a, a story and like you create you're like creating some characters and like the narrator is just telling you like a, a very very quick concise short story and i always think that those are fun but it's it's always fun to just think about like every every decision somebody had to think about and somebody had to plan out so when there is this weird trippy acid sequence that's blue for some reason like somebody had to 
think that that was the best possible choice for that so what was what was the conversation like like um john mulaney has this really yeah. great bit from his first stand-up where he's talking about back to the future and he's like can you just imagine like them going to the studio though and it's it's this really, really great bait you should go look it up on youtube uh it's okay. hilarious yeah but, definitely but it, just that idea of like if you go back and, and think like every decision somebody had to make then you should question a lot of the decisions that we or a lot of the decisions that weren't made so yeah of course it slayed me when um the city is named Paradise City. So, so, so Jeremy's singing, take me down to the Paradise City where the women are cats and they have three titties. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> that's, it's, that's one of those sins where like uh, Dicer was describing last week, where like the sins just fall in your hand, like they're a gift from God. And it's like, that That feels like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, did Spock just Vulcan neck pinch a horse? Because I think he just Vulcan neck pinched a horse. And you would think that like, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a degree of technique to that. Like I would imagine to do it properly on a person, you you probably should have practiced at least once or twice. That's meaning that he's done this to a horse before. <laughs> like this wasn't the first time he did it. Yeah, so, I think like, you're right. I think Spock uh, needs a visit from Peta. <laughs> People of your planet once believed the world was flat. Question is, at what point will now, between now and twenty two seventy nine can we start using this sentence ourselves? Brilliant. Again, just the way that's yeah. constructed is is so good. Overcomplicating simple things is, is hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, please, Captain, not in front of the Klingons. And then the sin is just, I feel like, uh, essentially, I feel like I owe this line royalties um, because of the amount of times that I've had to use that. So here's a sin removal. A plus. Now you've got an excuse next time you don't want physical contact with somebody. Please, Captain, not in front of the Klingons. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I did want to know, is there a particular reason, like there's not a new Star Trek, I mean, is there a new Star Trek project? I think Lower Decks Season 3 is currently airing. Maybe Season 2 of one of the new shows is starting. I don't know. Uh, is there a reason this video came out? I don't believe it's connected to anything that's being released soon. There seem to be constantly releasing like new TV shows and, and, and whatnot, but I don't think there's a new, there's no new cinema or new film content coming out. I think it would just, we've been... Um, slowly getting through the the back catalog of star trek and i think like we have a number of star trek fans so they're in the queue and like they just make their way into the schedule as it's fitting wherever we can it's just one of those that we just want to do it yeah so there's no like real specific reason uh and it gives a chance to promote captain's pod too so that's also nice 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 tag at the front of the beginning there i like that oh yeah absolutely and then, all right, so I didn't know how to how to phrase this. So here's what I wrote down. The sin says, don't ask, but it's kind of my job to uh, searching for outcast lyrics that lead to 23 minutes of Cobra Starship and then bring it snakes on a plane. Not sure what the question is, but you know. I had to do some some digging to, to get an answer from that. And um, <laughs> well, what happened was that the, the, the search for the outcast song really happened. And then I think that the the algorithm started recommending Cobra Starship to to Jonathan for for reasons and that are unclear to us except for maybe his search history that might be the don't ask part <laughs> but there's just like a real real scenario sort of happened like it just it, it, it kind of it started off just trying to figure something out and then it, it kind of snowballed into uh into that <laughs> man those YouTube rabbit holes will get you nice. yes anytime a sin says don't ask i'm gonna ask be forewarned anything else are you ready to move on to commercial sins oh i mean just a fun fact is that there was over they had over 200 sins for this movie it started out 
Amazing. Other than that, uh, I guess another interesting fact was that uh, the to the thumbnail on it, uh, it's on uh, uh, Shatner's uh, T-shirt. Oh, go climb a rock. We had to do just a little bit of a uh, photoshopping to get that that T-shirt to work with uh, the whole all like the titles and stuff like with the everything wrong with and to fit that and the Star Trek Five Final Frontier across the bottom. So like we just thought that that had a that thumbnail had a lot of character to it and like. It yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of, it it seems to kind of encapsulate the silliness of the of the film itself. So, we wanted to use that, but to to make it work, there's a little bit of little bit of editing had to be done to the photo. The thumbnail works perfectly. It's just, yeah, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why this podcast exists. Amazing. The commercial sins is Velveeta, uh, La Dolce Velveeta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeremy wrote on this one. Look, I really loved this video. I think my third sin, I wrote, or the third thing I wrote was honestly, this video is incredible because this this whole ad is maybe what like fifteen seconds, and Jeremy makes like a two minute. It's just, it's just so good. <laughs> yes, because like he keeps on going back to like the fact that they put water in this pool for them to not sit in water, and how the chair should be rusty and uh, and and missing a leg and all that, like and and using an umbrella, using a cocktail umbrella, like to, to be the vehicle to eat the macaroni and cheese and to use it in the flamingo cup that floats in the pool that isn't filled with water. This is like a 15 second thing that Jeremy goes off on. And it's, it's like watching an artist paint. And they're all also like they're (laughs) right. And a seventh also. The way I think about that is like, it's, so it's just, it's sort of like it's starting out as like one sin and just keeps expanding. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. over and over again so yeah, well it's great. it's one of those two i think the video starts off perfectly by the narrator like cracking his knuckles back all right let's do this because it's like he's prepared to just go off on somebody yeah. you know yeah it's great and i singled out one particular video sin from the rant which was if you're using this much water for your trees shrubs and kiddie pools in california then you are an asshole yep um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's just true as every fan does we all fantasize about writing for CinemaSins. If I were to do this, here's what I would do, right? It's just, it's part of the fan culture, you know? Videos like this prove that I would not be good at that job. Because <laughs> this is just way above my creativity level, way above my, what I could bring to the table or anything like that. It's like, th- these are the videos where you're like, all right, sit back, let the professionals do it. <laughs> the, the, I'm the, the, the newest guy. So it's like, I have that, not realization, but like that, uh, the the perspective of like still like learning the the voices and stuff and, and the ropes and it's like so it's like then now I have to try and live up to that as well. So like that, mm. like now I have to <laughs> when it's like when it's my turn to like even like on the commercials. I've, like I've done a, done a few of them and it's just like you're ne- I'm never sure exactly how how it's gonna how it's gonna land when it starts off. But you've already got the job. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> But then Jeremy yeah. puts out a video like this and puts out a, a script like like this one, just tearing into Velveeta macaroni and cheese, and it can be intimidating. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I could talk about this video more, but it would just be me being like listing off the video, you know? Yeah. It, people need to just go watch it. It's just it's a few minute video. You, you just go watch it. You'll love it. I think that does it for the content of the week. So let's move on to our behind the center segment. So tell me about yourself. We're Al Sinis. 
Every one of us. And what happens to sinners? Get to know each other better, you know? See, Daddy, sinners have soul, too. The information, it's too much. Walk away, Mark. Just walk away. Uh, Daniel, I've been asking each of the writers this question, uh, these first two questions, uh, and I want to get your take on them. Uh, if you had to describe Cinema Sins to somebody who had never heard of the channel, how would you do it in a sentence or two? It's like hanging out with your friend and like watching films is how I would describe it. You have criticism and then you just have and you just have comedy and then you have like the crossover where the, the criticism and the comedy meet each other and it just creates something really hilarious. I don't know if I can say anything that like to describe it in a way that it hasn't been described before. Uh, but I, I mean, I think I think you did, yeah. and I think it's a good I think it's a good perspective um, because you mentioned that it's like watching a video with your friend. Yeah, like the narrator isn't is supposed to be an asshole, but he's like still supposed to feel kind of buddy buddy to you. Like your the, the the joke is that you are also on the inside jokes. Like yes, that's a really fresh interesting interesting perspective to bring to it too. Yeah, because this isn't supposed to be the asshole in the theater three rows in front of you that you're constantly just yelling to shut up. Yeah, you, you would hate it's, that. <laughs> right. It's the friends that you bring over to, to drink and watch the room. Like, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. A, I really like that. That's great. Did you ha do you have a couple of favorite um, either like specific running gags or like if you had a couple of favorite sins, one that you ones that you wrote or not, um, just the ones that just stuck with you and you never forget them i mean running gags i mean i think i might enjoy the cliche and like ex machina ones a, a bit too much <laughs> <laughs> where, where i'm like I, I can't just i can't just write that for everything <laughs> as much as i want to <laughs> I, I can't i can't make them all that but like those those are really fun and, and like you had brain brought it up earlier how like they can get like expansive like in the rick and morty one where like it, it just it's just like very long over descriptive thing and then you're just like cliche <laughs> like yeah yeah i think that works really well with the tv shows because like you have repeat episodes so like you see like characters doing the same thing or or, or like making the same choices and like when it it is like something like hyper specific to that character you're like oh yeah this person does this all the time so and it, and it can and yeah to make that funny is really fun i would have to say I think my favorite of all time uh, for myself, it was, it might be the best one that I, that I think I can write. Like I, I feel like I'm trying to always trying to find <laughs> the inspiration to write this one again. And it was, it was about a three point landing in uh, uh, Tom and Jerry, the movie, basically the narrator kind of goes sort of into his own world about this three point landing that he is slightly offended had they have in, included into this into this movie and it becomes like a sort of like writing like an old-timey note or like letter of like poetry to like to like a loved one who who, who will, will will like receive this letter in like three months after it's traveled on horseback and by carriage to, to like meet them <laughs> and he has to tell them about this about this three-point landing that he witnessed in this movie and like like it, it's a little it's like a little bit poetic and i and i was just really proud of when i when i when i wrote that and then when they agreed to let me put it in the video so like that one sticks nice. with me as as like a favorite very nice uh, i asked you to come uh, with something else that we could talk about that's out of the realm of pop culture and you said you have a love for architecture and urban design which is not something i would have guessed uh <laughs> just because what a unique interesting 
hobby for a comedy writer, you know? Uh, what I want to know is what what inspired your your love for for design and architecture? That's actually a good question. Like, a, I've not, not even really, like, thought about it. It's just, like, one of those things you just find yourself, uh, like, looking up videos for, like, on YouTube and whatnot. Sure. But uh, I think that it was, like, sometime in, like, college around then, like, listening to different, like, podcasts and stuff. I think I didn't, like, have a whole lot of prior knowledge about I think around the time I was discovering a lot of like things like the arts and stuff, like being very, being very into film, like that has been like a thing for a long time, but like kind of expanding out yeah. from that and like learning about like painting and sculpture and stuff. And then like you find that like, like the sort of crossover into things like, like architecture and like the, the, the artistry behind that. And um, I'm very much a, a novice at this. So it's like, I, I, won't be able to go into like the, the description of all sorts of styles and stuff, but it's like, but once sure. you start to see a style and like, you realize like, Oh, that was like famous in like the seventies or the sixties. So it's like, then you, you start to see that and you're like, Oh, that building was probably built around this time because that's when that particular style of architecture was, was popular. Like those realizations that like, kind of fold into like the whole, like, like urban design thing when like you sort of see the world differently, whereas when you're younger, everything is, you kind of just take things for granted as like, this is, the, I don't know, this is the, you're born into the world. And then like you, you go to school and like you, like, this is like school is school, but like someone had to build that building and there was like thought put into that. And like that, there was yeah. my, maybe not even like creative or aesthetic thought necessarily, but like financial considerations as to why this particular building type was used. And then like, you just sort of start to see the, the, the the little connections behind like why why the world is the way it is in in a certain way like in a physical sense of like why it, why it looks a certain way like why New York looks like New York and Chicago looks like Chicago right even even like how how they change and like you see like you see these old Gothic structures next to like this like big thing that's just a, it's just a glass cube you can sort of connect that to like like the history of the place, like when, when was it developed and when was, when does a certain area start to redevelop? Do you have like a, a certain building or a certain era that you think is like your preferred mm. type of architecture structure, anything like that? Like, is there a building that you see where it just like stands out? You're like, that's the most beautifully constructed building I can think of. Probably not a specific uh, structure, but uh, I think I've, I've become very interested in art deco. I don't want to claim to understand the style it's like a very ornate style that is in like, I think it, it like evokes certain time periods. And I, th I think like you see a lot of art deco in like gangster films, like old gangster yeah. films. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a brief Google search, it looks like, yeah, I, I'm like the untouchables yes. immediately comes yes. to mind. Yeah. Empire state building would fall mm -hmm. under this v looking at like the, the Google image search, very reminiscent of Baz Luhrmann, uh, specifically great Gatsby. Yes. I believe the Chrysler building is also Art Deco. I'm pretty sure. Yes. And yep. it, if I had to actually say, I probably would say that that might be my, my favorite if I had to pick a, a specific building. Yeah, I like that. And I, I love that you brought up Baz Luhrmann because uh, I like uh, of out of films, I really enjoyed the the Great Gatsby. I, I enjoyed his 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 take on that. And I know that that was a bit of a divisive movie in terms of like people had a lot of different different thoughts about it but i but i enjoyed it a lot i enjoyed the and i enjoyed the look of it yeah for obvious reasons yeah yeah i looked at i uh, watched it recently and uh it's got a great great aesthetic to it but 
I don't really care about this story. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> I guess the, the, the last question I'll ask about architecture and stuff is, do you think there's like a particular city that really attracts like your aesthetic eye or whatever? Like I think there will net like the best skyline view of a city will always be New York city. It's just undeniably great. Um, both the past with the two towers and cur- currently with the, with the memorial, I think are both are iconic for their own right, especially with the Statue of Liberty kind of like in the precipice of it. I think it's, I think it's gorgeous, but do, is there like a, is there like a particular city that you just like want to spend all your time just walking around looking? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I think, I think just in general, like Japanese architecture, especially that like 1600 stuff is, uh, is gorgeous, like temples and dens and the openness of everything, you know, as well as again, the lots, lots of red, lots of white, uh, lots of, uh, yeah, again, openness, uh, I think is gorgeous. And then, um, I think, I think Boston is my favorite city in the world. And I I grew up close to Chicago. I love Chicago for what it is, but from an aesthetic standpoint, standpoint, it's not the most visually appealing. I think Chicago is a great city, but like I, I love kind of the history that Boston has and how it really feels like the 1700s is intertwined with modern era. Like they, like it's so much of that city is preserved. So much of that city is, is like protected from anything. It's just, it's gorgeous. I love, I really love Boston. Uh, to, to sort of answer your question, I would say that it sounds, it sounds like a cliche, but New York is sort of undeniable in that sense. Sure. But I've also had a lot more time like, because of where I am geographically to, to explore that city. So I feel like my feelings are shaded in that, by in that regard. And so I think the, the I guess what I would sum up the, the question with is just that I would like to be able to spend more time getting to know different cities. Hmm. I think that, uh, I enjoyed Philadelphia a lot when I was there, but I was only there for, I would only visit the city for a weekend, but there was something about the layout and just like my experience walking around there that there, I saw a lot of, uh, interesting architecture that I really, that I really enjoyed. And then I thought that that was that, that uh, one of my top experiences, but it, it, it all depends upon, you know, like your experience when it, when it comes to going any place and i think that that is kind of the aspect of of urban design specifically that is kind of interesting to me is that like is that it's experiential experiential you're interacting with the place it's like much like a like a walk in the woods it's like it's an environment that you're sort of interacting with and and like it was designed by people it wasn't just like nature didn't didn't just grow these buildings right right well i think that'll take us to beyond the sins then to infinity and beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. But uh, what is the one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to quickly recommend, warn, or reco-warn? kind of want to go with something along the, the lines of, uh, of architecture because we were talking about it. Is architecture pop culture? I don't know. <laughs> but there is a, is a channel I actually enjoy on YouTube quite a bit. It's uh, Stuart Hicks. And he does a lot of uh, explainer videos about like different about architecture styles and a lot of different aspects. And like he did one on the genius of two by four framing. And it's about just like the 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 wood beams that you most of our houses are built are built out of. And it was just like a, sort of a, a, a dive into something that I'd 
it never really put that much thought into and i found it like immensely interesting because as you like mm-hmm. learn the history of it so i i would i would definitely encourage people to give to check that check that out i think that that would, would well i think it's interesting anyway <laughs> yeah uh i mean that preview has gotten me to add that to my watch later list so Okay, I've watched a lot recently because I've been sick the last couple of days, so I sat on my couch and watched a bunch of stuff. Would you like me to talk about a sappy movie, a Criterion film, a video game, a kid's baseball movie that I think is bad, a kid's baseball movie that I think is good, or give you a rundown of watching Halloween 2 through 6? Interesting. Mm. Lots of options, but we'll stick to just one. Since I am enjoy baseball movies let's go with a kids baseball movie that you think is good okay i had to watch two uh kids baseball movies for my podcast uh my other podcast um this week and so we watched uh rookie of the year okay okay which is not the movie that i'm picking oh, okay. because the other movie that we watched is little big league and i think that is a far superior film 1994 an 11-year-old becomes the owner of the Minnesota Twins and then becomes the manager. It's a delightful film that is funny. It is aged very well in terms of like its its humor and its style. It is aesthetically like these these two movies came out a year apart and they're aesthetically 10 years apart. It's ridiculous. Uh it, it's it, it hits the sweet spot of baseball for me. Uh, Ivan Rodriguez is in it. Randy Johnson makes an appearance. Ken Griffey Jr. makes an appearance. Like actually, these players, those that's that's right in my sweet spot of baseball. So, it's a good film. If you have young ones, um, it, it is it is a good film uh, to watch with them. If you are just a baseball fan and for some reason never got around to this, I promise it's worth your time. So that would be my recommend. Is Little Big League. Cool. All right. Well, that will do it for this week. Uh, thanks again to Daniel for hanging out. Really appreciate the talk with you, getting to know you a little bit. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me. Having, yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And then uh, did you want to promote any places for people to connect with you? I know you said you specifically like don't do a lot of that. So it's fine if you don't. I, you can. Well, you can always reach out to me through this, through BTS. Um <laughs> can send any send any questions and uh Aaron will will send them along. There you go. So if you have uh if you have stuff for Daniel, send it along to to btssimmons.com and uh we'll make sure he gets that. Uh you can follow me on Twitter at or letterboxd at @whitecastle and I'd love to hear your feedback on how you think the show is going so far. Some things that you'd like to see uh from the season of BTS. Uh you can send that all to btssinmons.com or you can DM the BTS Twitter uh at @cinemasinsbts. You could also send there if you're watching the Cinema Sins videos and you're like, there's a story here that I got to know. I want Aaron to ask about it. DM it and I will make sure I ask uh, the guest. Um, speaking of guests, I think I'm trying to get Chris next week. So um, if that falls through, I will edit this out. But if it's still in here, that means I've got Chris coming on next week. It should be a lot of fun. And then lastly, don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you're listening from and come on back next Thursday for more Behind the Sins content. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com and be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. It was-
was at that precise moment I felt that the three-point landing had surpassed cliché. It was somehow forging new ground in the depths of my soul. Rage? No, this was not rage. Amidst the turbidity and awful calculus that allowed transcendence into banal platitude from which there was no escape. The joy I had once felt in witness of its execution had now withered and was crumbling before me like a stale chocolate chip cookie from my youth. What is left, you say? A faint memory of sweetness and a sin which cannot be forgiven. I mean, ultimately, I'm just like trying to have a good time, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and not die. That would also be good. <laughs> That's one of those words that is less offensive in the UK um, than it is in the US. So, like, I certainly hope it is because I just said it on the podcast. And now a special treat from Nick, who organized a supercut of all the How Do They Works from seasons one and two. How do they work? Commercials, how do they work? How do they work? Nature, how does it work? Tatooine, man. That is, that's how the does planet. It work? How does it work? <laughs> Goats, how do they work? Banners, how do they work? Calendars, how do they work? Delaware, how does it work? Emails, how do they work? Magnets, how do they work? Nicknames, how do, how do they work? <laughs> Nicknames, how do they work? Magnets, how do they work? That is how dogs work. That's yeah. how it works.